counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. There ain't no second place in Lambo, it's a whole new game. You either go big, go hard, or go on back home. You got to feel it in your gut. You better want it in your bones. Cause you're with the Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. This is Wags, and joining me as always is Dane. Dane, how are you doing, man? Wags, this is awesome. We're sitting out here on a patio, day after a preseason game. You just cracked a brew from Milwaukee. What are you drinking over there? I got an Upward Spiral IPA. Um, we're not celebrating a Packers victory, but that's quite okay. It's, it's Friday evening. Man. It's preseason. I got a Milwaukee's Best over here, so we're both drinking Milwaukee beer one way or another. Absolutely. The finest uh, from the state of Wisconsin. Truly. As, as always. So, Dane, I think uh, we just got to do a little recap of the yep. game from last night. And it was, I think an interesting pregame situation but before we get into that the actual game i think it is worth uh just recapping what was going on going into the game because certainly you and i and and the rest of uh packer nation were expecting to get a dress rehearsal last night yep. and and uh, while we got to see some guys uh per usual uh in preseason format that wasn't exactly what we got was it no i I don't know what the heck happened. I will say it. I am a Green Bay Packer fan. I'm not necessarily an NFL fan these days. And I was so grumpy last night when started hearing these stories at an 80-yard field. And the field's all messed up. And everything's just, like, goofy. I, I was so frustrated by everything that was going on. Wags, I mean, what's your read on this? Because I don't not understand how we do not have a full 100-yard field for an NFL-sanctioned preseason game. How can we talk about player safety on a field like that? Well, the funny thing is, is it's not like they had, you know, games or events a week ago. How long have they had to get the field prepared? So this shouldn't have been a surprise to anyone. The Raiders, something doesn't add up. None of their starters traveled. So it's almost like they had a built-in excuse to not even have those guys out there for warming up or getting ready for the game. So it seems I, I would be fascinated to see what was going on behind the scenes because it almost seems like the Packers were a little bit surprised mm -hmm. by what was going on and the Raiders were just sort of playing the line. And call me conspiracy theorist, but with... All those cameras there for Hard Knocks and HBO. It just seems like there's a storyline going on. Mm -hmm. I'll be fascinated to watch next week's episode. But I just think there's going to be a lot of spin. And I hope that we don't see some things that I'd rather not see. I don't think it's going to be anything condemning by any means. But I, I don't know. Some things just didn't add up. And it's, at the end of the day, it's not a big deal. I, I think Coach LaFleur made the right call yeah. and just said, you know what? This isn't working. I'm just going to pull my guys. I don't want my starters out here on a suspect 80-yard field against backups that are like going to throw their bodies around to do anything to get attention and try to make a team. So um, it, it was 
uh, the right call at the end of the day. I, I agree with you, though. I, I think uh, the commissioner's office can chalk this up as another failure. It's a uh, loss. Yeah. One of many. Uh, but uh, since it was preseason, it's probably isn't going to, in the grand scheme of things, garner too much attention. Yeah, let's get down to Brack's tax on this, though, because the reality is, is the third preseason game, I, I'm not a huge preseason guy in the sense that I don't think that you get a ton out of, you know, four or five preseason games or whatever, you know, we do four historically unless you play in the Hall of Fame game. That being said, the third preseason game, if you're going to put worth into a preseason game, it is that third one. We are expecting to get some reps out of our starters, including Aaron Rodgers. Now, do I think that's the end of the world that he didn't get reps? No, certainly not. But I feel like this now is, uh, you know, it's becoming a trend where, um, we're not in the rhythm we needed to be. And, and last week, I know it was an unforeseen little back stiffness, but now two weeks in a row, the rhythm and, and the schedule of what we are expecting to do didn't end up happening. Uh, I'm, I can't be upset about an injury or, you know, or, or precaution. I'm glad you don't play Aaron Rodgers when he's not supposed to play. But my goodness, I really wanted to see these guys get at some snaps. And the fact that we weren't able to get that uh, because of a field issue is a problem. All that said, after Tim Boyle settled in, he looked pretty good uh, last night, didn't he? Yeah, but so, okay, we're going to get into the, the performance of these guys. I yeah. think uh, uh, let's do it. Um, the only, I guess the only thing I'd add to the, I think that was a really good point that you made, that the, the plans have not come to fruition, and it's not necessarily been due to injuries. I don't think Rodgers needs to play a single snap in preseason. Either, realistically. I, I'm a little bit more concerned about some of the other younger starters that haven't had as many reps. And are they going to be ready to go or are they going to be a little bit rusty? And sure, they've been out there practicing, but you, they, I just feel like those are the uh, situations where you need some, some game reps. And I don't fault the coaching staff for not starting some of those guys last night. But on the other hand, is some of those young guys in the secondary, you know, some of the um, young guys on the, uh, some of our new defensive line acquisitions, they haven't played a single game together. I know. And it's hard to get aligned on the same page. It's just about making defensive calls, making offensive calls with the O-line. And and granted, that's a little bit more of a veteran group, but we have a couple new guys that we're bringing in. So that's the part that's a little bit concerning to me. It's all the pieces come together. I know that Will Rogers play gets most of the headlines, but to me, it's it's the rest of the guys mm-hmm. that haven't gotten too many snaps and haven't gotten too much playing time here in the preseason. Uh, but all that being said, yeah, let's jump into the game. Uh, yeah, Boyle, I thought he was one of our che- uh, big cheese players of the week. Yeah, uh, deservedly so. Uh, he, you know, boy, I was concerned after the first couple of series. One of eight with an interception in the on the own side of the field is not the way that you want to start a game. And in a regular season game, uh, even after he settled in, it may not have been enough against a quality opponent to dig out of a hole like that. So it still wasn't you know quite the consistent performance you'd like to see. But um, definitely got hot, settled in as you said, and and uh, I think acquitted himself very very well overall. Yeah, I you know, I'm I 
folks know I'm a Timmy Boyle fan. I like what he brings to the table. Uh, I was happy to see that he was able to to settle in a little bit there. But you're right. The first couple series, I was like, okay, man. All right, man. <laughs> let's let's calm down. Let's make the, these plays. But I thought he once he settled in, he started to make the right reads. He's got a heck of an arm on him. This kid's got a cannon on him. So I love watching him play ball. But I I was really pleased to see that. But I think the the star of the game or the the biggest of big cheeses. We give a couple big cheeses for the preseason games, but uh, the big cheese of the game on my end was Trevor Davis. Dude came out strong here in his first preseason game. We've talked about it, and, I, and I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say, I didn't think he was going to make this roster. I said last week, you can't make the club in the tub, but kid comes out, uh, you know, a couple years in the league, and he looked like a, an all-pro out there in the preseason. He was coming down with catches. He was running crisp routes. He had that nice touchdown, contested touchdown pass. Were you as impressed as I was with what Trevor Davis just put on last night in Winnipeg? Absolutely, and that's why I was surprised when you didn't think that he was going to make this team um, when we talked last time. But uh, you have to give this guy credit. He came out and showed, um, and this is where those game reps are important. It, it's it's one of those things where it looked like Shepard had gotten the upper hand, but certainly they wanted to give Trevor Davis every opportunity to show what he could do and prove that he deserves consideration to make this final roster. He was g- getting all the returns, and he you know had some nice um, uh, catch and runs. Uh, he also uh, uh, had that nice reverse in the first half uh, that he was able to get around the edge and gain uh, uh, some big chunk yards. Uh, so. Um, he's certainly someone that you like to get out in the open field if you can. And uh, Trevor Davis, I don't know if one game earned him a spot on the roster, but he certainly did everything that they would have asked for, for, from him and more. Um, went up and, and used his hand, showed nice hands and and uh, and catching the football um, on several of his catches. So I, I was very impressed with what I saw from Trevor. And um, I guess the, it's unfortunate. The injury to, to EQ uh, looked pretty serious. Uh, we don't know for sure as of t- uh, at the time of this recording, do so, we? So it actually, literally, as we're talking, I just... I oh, breaking breaks, news. Well, breaking news, four to six weeks. Okay. Not so as bad as it looks. Not as bad as it looks. In all honesty, okay, so that's, there might be some real silver lining to that. Um, given that we've got probably eight receivers that we would like to make the roster, and if they're only keeping seven, who is that odd man out going to be? So with the way Trevor Davis played, you know that those top top few guys with uh, Adams and MVS and Geronimo, and it looks like Kumro's right up there oh, in that yeah. top four right now, um, and, and certainly not, uh, with Shepard playing the way he has, and Davis is six, and Lazard is seven, um, it was looking like Jamon Moore and, and EQ might have been the two battling for that last spot or maybe not even making the roster. But this could uh, open up an opportunity for one of those two guys to still be on the team and, uh, and stash uh, uh, EQ if he's uh, got an injury. So it, it's EQ, I'm, I'm surprised, but he's been, you know, been getting outplayed uh, by those other guys. And so I'm not sure that he was uh, not going to be a surprise cut 
Um, but I like his long-term potential, and I think that uh, you know uh, certainly if he's injured, he's going to be uh, on this roster uh, going forward. So this gives us a little bit of flexibility, maybe uh, in the second half of the season if he's able to come back. And you know, hopefully we don't have any more significant injuries. But uh, it, it's you know unfortunately probably bound to happen at some point. So uh, that I think is some silver lining for sure. Do you think right now, just you know, put your GM cap on for a minute, Wags? With what we know now after three preseason games, you know, I was under the assumption, now looking potentially incorrectly, that it was an either-or between Darius Shepard and Trevor Davis, both return guys, both similar similar body type, you know, both seemingly a little bit more of a slot guys. Um, do you see a scenario now where both make the, make the club? I, because, I do, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that it, my question was – what can they do at receiver? And I think the point that you made last time, Darius Shepard differentiates himself enough as a receiver, and frankly, he made some nice plays again last night. He did. He had a really nice catch there on the sideline. Yeah, and yeah. one of them was wiped out for a penalty and a, a nice nice play for, for between he and Kaiser that they connected on. But so uh, there's that. And then, you know, with what Davis did last night, it's hard to ignore that. So we'll see what happens here uh, this next game. But you got to give the guys that are performing out there an opportunity to, to make this roster. And I don't see how they stash a guy like Shepard or Lazard at this point. I think they might. They've done enough that I'd be surprised if they don't get snapped up by another team if the Packers don't have them on the final 53-man roster. So... Uh, it's a it's a luxury to have a couple of guys that can that you can trust to be in that return man role as well, and that's not something that they've had in the last few seasons. So I, I think that that can give uh, keep those guys fresh and give the other teams some different looks. So I, I absolutely do think that there's there's a case to be made that both of those guys end up making that final roster. Yeah, and I'm a big believer in snap counts in preseason. And Trevor Davis, I, I think that Coach Lafleur and his team really wanted to see what Davis could do. He got 48 snaps last night. Uh, he was the leading snap count at the wide receiver position. Uh, right behind him, though, was Alan Lazard at 47. Uh, I thought it was actually interesting that Shepard down closer to 40. I think Shepard's kind of got a lock on this roster at this I point. I do, too. And, yeah. you know putting on a GM hat, I don't know that this will happen, but with the luxury uh, of this group that they have, it wouldn't be a shock if they make a move and pick up an extra draft pick. If there's enough interest in one of these guys and the Packers say, we're in such a good situation that we'll flip one of these guys and we'll be happy with the group that we have. Or here's another question. We are hemorrhaging middle linebackers right now. Oren Burks with the pec injury last night. I don't. We don't have breaking news, unfortunately, uh, on Bolton Curtis Bolton's injury. But at the end of the game last night, we both and and I know Packer Nation saw Bolton on the sideline in crutches with something on his knee. So I'm not sure exactly what happened there. But we're down a couple inside linebackers at that position. Uh, Brady Sheldon, I thought, showed some nice plays with an interception and the two point conversion. Had a 
big hit uh, that was they threw a flag on, which I completely disagreed with, but whatever. Uh, so he was trying to make the most of his opportunity. But would you be surprised if we traded for depth with maybe a team in the NFL that has some uh, too much depth at the inside linebacker position? Because that could happen as well, right? Sure. I it's it's sometimes it's easier said than done. I it's hard to line up value for value because you're looking to get a starting potential inside linebacker. You know, so I don't know if you're suggesting that we use one of these receivers as, as trade bait to, to make that swap. If that can work out, certainly go for it. Um, I, I guess it depends on what the actual prognosis is for how long these guys are out for. Uh, certainly we don't expect Burks back probably anytime sooner than mid-season at the earliest, even without having to have surgery. And who knows on Bolton, he's a guy who certainly we were very excited about after those first two preseason games came out of nowhere as this undrafted kid out of Oklahoma. But who knows? Sometimes when you have some of those things, it's precautionary. The discouraging thing with Bolton's injury is I don't know if anybody really knows when the injury happens, which to me says that it may have been a non-contact injury and he just kind of scooted off. So I, 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 that's concern. That's the biggest concern I have with him um, and that there hasn't been anything that's come out yet, but uh, we'll see. Hopefully he's, he's not uh, looking at as significant an injury as, as what could potentially be happening. But uh, we certainly need to, to pick someone up somewhere, whether that's on the waiver wire or via trade. You can bet that Goody's going to be working hard to, to see what he can do there. And he's done it before, uh, but this is so different than the last couple of seasons. I think last year, if memory serves me correct, is the first year where they went, they used to go 90 to 75 to 53. We would already been down to 75 guys at this point. Uh, this year, we're going 90 to 53. Um, so there's going to be a lot of talent that hits the, the waiver wire all at the same time. And you got to bet your backside that the Packers scouts on, and Goody are going to be incredibly busy looking at that middle linebacker position uh, from all these other teams that are releasing guys because there has got to be some talent out there that, uh, you know, there's overflow of talent, different positions, and the Packers are going to be competitive to try to find that role if they don't think that somebody like a, a, a Sheldon, uh, is is the right guy to do it now? Wags, but they need depth either way. The either way, is, the good news is is that they should have the pick of the litter, considering that anyone in their right mind can see that there's a golden opportunity uh, if they come to Green Bay just by basis of the depth chart alone. So that that is the, the, another silver lining, I suppose, depending on how you look at it. But I would like to see Goody be aggressive and go out and get the guy that they want via trade uh, so i think we'll be needing to watch the news and the waiver wires and and what goody's doing over this next week um, and not sitting back and waiting to see who becomes available uh, late in the process wags raven green he's a heck of a ball player isn't he? i am very pleasantly surprised with raven green i i thought that he struggled a little bit at times last season and was part of that secondary group and maybe the whole group just sort of became a scapegoat but boy oh boy he just uh seems to be in the right spot and sound and and, and making the right reads and plays uh breaks up passes uh, you know has missed a couple of tackles here and there but uh, certainly seems to get in there and and uh 
make those uh, tackles in the open field. And I am, he's a guy that I'm just growing more and more confident in that we can trust in that, uh, in that group. And I, I am very, very pleased that he was uh, one of our big cheese players of the week. Um, you know, he's another guy that, you know, just like a Tony Brown, isn't necessarily highly heralded, but it's, but it's just been working his tail off. And um, certainly seems like he is just growing more and more confident and more and more comfortable in Coach Patton's system. And you can see that that is uh, coming through in the plays that he's making out on the field. Yeah, Raven Green was one of those guys that I love to watch. I thought last year if he wouldn't have been hurt, um, I, I've talked about him past podcasts. I just I love the kid. I think that he's aggressive. He makes some special teams plays. It's it's fun to watch him, and it's been interesting to to see that uh, Josh uh, Jones as well, right? Raven's been playing in that dime middle linebacker spot at times too. So I think the Packers see a real scenario where he's going to be getting some some significant snaps in that dime defense and mixing in uh, at the safety. If you look at him too, you can tell his body type's a little bit different. I think he's bulked up a little little bit but uh you know what i like about him is, is he's like a missile out there he's just aggressive and you can tell he's not thinking too much and i mean that in a really positive way year one to year two year one at times it looked like okay he's thinking about what he's doing now he's reacting year two right now kids just reacting and i think he's got a lot of potential to be There's a player something to be said for someone in the secondary whose name gets called a lot yeah uh, he's not a cover corner, so he's not a shutdown corner where you don't want the name to be called a lot. He's playing a position where if his name's called quite a bit, that's that's not the worst thing in the world. Right. And that's kind of where I was going with a guy like Tony Brown. His name seems to be called a lot for the right reasons. Um, look at uh, another one of our big cheese players of the week, uh, Chandon Showtime Sullivan. Love his Showtime. His name seems to be getting called for the right reason. Yeah. And all of these secondary guys can get beat at times. Uh, it's just bound to happen. The, the, the way the, the defense and the, the offensive schemes work, and, and, and it's just not going to be feasible that they're going to be able to knock away every single pass that comes their way. But the fact is, all three of those guys just seem to have a nose for the football. They they make plays and they forget about uh, you know plays that don't go their way very quickly. Which is you have to have a short memory to be a, a successful defensive back, and it's hard to ignore. Uh, what they're doing out there on the field, isn't it? Yeah, Wag and and folks, this isn't for show. Wags and I, when we're not doing the podcast, we're texting about the team uh, in our personal time, and we were talking about Showtime and how. Um, this young man just seems to always be around the ball. He's got a nose for the football. We love watching him play. And, uh, you know, you listen back to one of our past podcasts. We had a chance to talk to, to Showtime. And he said, I'll play safety. I'll play corner. I'll play special teams. He's one of those kinds of guys. And um, those are the kind of guys you're looking for. Now, the numbers game at this defensive back position, I can't believe it, Packer fans. We got a ton of defensive backs that can play football right now. Um, but I'm, I'm – really high on on both Raven Green and Showtime uh, because these guys do just find a way around the ball. Now, a third guy that I thought was interesting is former Wisconsin Badger Natrell Jamerson. Um, 
he played uh, quite a bit, I thought, last night at the cornerback position. He's played some safety in previous preseason games. And um, looking at the snap count, he played 53 snaps last night. And that makes me think the coaching staff is going, okay, is he kind of our swing DB that can play some corner or safety? Um, Wags, what's your impression, Ben, of him in the preseason? We signed him last year. He played some snaps mostly on special teams, I thought, last year in the 2018 season. But going in 2019, he seems to have a real position to possibly make this roster. Possibly. I, I don't know. I think he might be kind of on the outside looking in. I think he's more likely a practice squad candidate. Uh, I would like to see what he can do with some opportunities to develop a little bit more and, and maybe come back uh, year three. And perhaps he's in a position to make a little bit of that jump that we've seen from the Raven Green and the Tony Brown. And I, I know Showtime wasn't part of the Packers organization yeah. until this, this last offseason. But sometimes it just takes uh, an extra year of development and just knowing what to expect. I think he's on the cusp of being a, a guy that could, could fill that kind of role and, and build an opportunity for himself uh, within an organization. So I, I just don't, I think he's just a little bit, little bit behind uh, some of those other guys that are, are fighting for that last spot ahead of him. Uh, so I don't expect that he's going to be on the roster, but I would hope that uh, we're able to keep him and see what we can uh, do with a, another year of development and coming back next off season. And maybe he's a guy next training camp that we're looking at and going, whoa, uh, he, here's someone that perhaps could be battling to step in and, and be a reliable starter uh, at some point if there's injuries or if he is outplaying some of those other guys ahead of him. That's good stuff. Now, we got to wrap up quick, I can tell. I'm looking at the clock here. We've got our fantasy football draft with our buddies tonight. Um, I have the fourth pick, thinking about Devontae Adams. We'll let you know in the next podcast if I go that route. Uh, but um, got to give honorable mention Justin McCray. Justin's played, he started a number of games for the Packers over the year. We saw him playing in the fourth quarter last night. I mean, he's grinding. I really just, I got to say, I wanted to give him a shout out because I admire a guy who's got starting potential for some NFL teams. For the Packers, he's he's a guard, but he can play every position. And the kid's still out there playing football in the fourth quarter on a tough field in Canada on a, on a Thursday night. Oh, were you not just impressed by a guy who just wants to be out there playing football? Yeah, uh, but, you know, certainly he's someone that's just trying to do and show everything that he can, that he's got the versatility, as you just mentioned, uh, but also um, the reliability to come in and perform. Uh, Because he's not going to be a starter, but he might be called on uh, in his role to come in and uh, play, whether it's a series, a quarter, a game, or three games, and he's got to be able to show that he can fill that role in order to make the roster. And he's, to your point, biting and clawing and doing everything he can to show that he can do that. Uh, real quick, we didn't mention two weeks in a row, J.K. Scott. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, like we said last week, no offense, J.K., we're not hoping to see a lot of you this yeah, year. We love you. But, but sure. if you're doing what you're doing, that, makes, that can tilt the field huge love it love it uh that's 
that's fantastic. So hope that leg stays strong and fresh uh, and isn't overused and uh, and he's able to do what he's been able to do. Yep. And, uh, folks, we got one preseason game left, and that's on to, to the Chicago Bears. We play the Chiefs on Thursday night, August 29th. Um, I, I don't expect to see the starters play all that much. Do you, Eggs? I just, uh, it's fourth preseason game. No, uh, I don't think we'll probably, uh, maybe we'll do one last kind of predictions or kind of thoughts before or final maybe cuts, shortly maybe. after they make final cuts, uh, depending on, on timing. Uh, we certainly have been kind of lax in getting our uh, defensive back preview out. We'll just look better if we do it after cuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but to be honest with you, we haven't really gotten a lot of news out of that position in camp. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of glad we saved that one for last. Uh, so we'll we'll put that together and and have that out for for you guys uh, and gals in the next week or so. Uh, so look forward for that as well. Yeah. So you know it's it's football season's here. I, I think we're we're pumped up uh, for for all this, and uh, we love li- having y'all listen to us. You can you can find us on Instagram and and on Facebook and on Twitter and. Um, you know, it, it's fun during the off season. We, we post on Insta and on Facebook a lot, but during the games, we're going to be posting on Twitter live time. I'm certain, uh, but, but get excited. We got a good football team here and, uh, I, yeah, we got the chiefs in a week, but then it's, it's on to Chicago, uh, for the first game of the season, uh, the, the 4th of September, I believe is what it is, or the 5th of September. Uh, and, uh, I'm, I'm, dialed up because i think we can compete with anybody in the league this year yeah i am really excited today's feels like the first day of fall i know it's a month away but i'm ready i'm ready for some football i love it can't wait to go so dane what do you say go pack go go pack go